stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Brett Kavanaugh is the newest member of the United States Supreme Court. Thanks for joining us. My name is Sam Shane. This is a Weekend Live. It is uh, 5.06 on this Saturday evening. We're here every Saturday from 5 to 7 o'clock live. We take a look at the big events of the previous week, and we look forward to what's coming up. And we all know how big this event is in American history and what transpired over the course of the last week. We're going to revisit a number of very key moments that led us to this point from the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings uh, to the FBI investigation, which took place this past week. Uh, we heard from Representative, or I should say, Republican Senator Susan Collins, which she gave a remarkable speech yesterday on the floor of the Senate. We're also going to revisit Lindsey Graham and his remarkable speech, which I believe was really a key, maybe even a turning point in that entire investigation within the Senate Judiciary Committee. So it's uh, it's really been a, a remarkable, uh, you have to say maybe 14 days. But tonight, we have a new justice on the United States Supreme Court. And his name is, of course, Brett Kavanaugh. He is the 114th Supreme Court Justice. He was sworn in late Saturday, just hours after the Senate voted to confirm him on the nation's highest court after a rancorous confirmation battle. Sworn in by Chief Justice John Roberts. It was a private ceremony. His wife and children were there. And it means now that Justice Kavanaugh will begin hearing cases before the court on Tuesday. So he gets to work right away next week. The Senate voted 50 to 48 to confirm Kavanaugh, mostly along party lines, after a week-long FBI probe helped settle some concerns among wavering senators about the sexual assault allegations that nearly derailed his nomination and led to a dramatic second hearing. Saturday's roll call marked the tightest successful Supreme Court confirmation vote in more than 100 years. This was closer than even that of Clarence Thomas, who similarly faced sexual misconduct allegations when he was nominated. Now, Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, the sole Democrat to vote yes on the Kavanaugh confirmation. That's key because Manchin is in a very tight race for re-election. Senator Lisa Murkowski, Republican Alaska, was a no, but she voted present as a courtesy to Senator Steve Daines, a Republican from Montana who was attending his daughter's wedding in Montana. So her vote really would not have mattered because the final count again was 50 to 48. So before we get into what led to all of this, let's get to the news of the day. This now, Vice President Mike Pence, as he was on the floor of the Senate, and he announced the final vote. This vote, the ayes are 50, the nays are 40. On this vote, the ayes are 50, the nays are 48. The nomination of Brett M. Kavanaugh of Maryland to be an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States is confirmed. It was suspected to go that way, especially after the uh, vote that they took on Friday, which was essentially a preliminary vote to let everybody know where everybody stood. And following that vote, then a number of the senators who said that they were wavering, they were on the fence, made their announcements, and they came out. Senator Flake, who had called for this one-week investigation by the FBI, came out and said on Friday after that preliminary vote, yes, I will support Kavanaugh. Uh, Senator Susan Collins, we're going to hear from her uh, a little bit later on in these next two hours, came out and said, yes, I will support, and we'll hear her justification for it. There are many people who say that the speech that she gave in the United States Senate went a long way to save the Senate from what was gutter politics. We'll hear more from her 
a little bit later on. Democrats and demonstrators, they've vented rage and resistance today as the vote was being cast. President Donald Trump and the Republicans approached an election season triumph in the most electrifying confirmation battle that we have seen in years. 53-year-old Kavanaugh, a conservative nomination, was approved at about 4 o'clock. That would be Eastern time. It was nearly along party lines, as I just explained to you. The fight was defined by the sexual assault accusations. We're going to spend a lot of time on that in the next two hours. These accusations were made, but were they proven? And the point of the matter is, Susan Collins says, no. The evidence was not there, the accusations were not proven, and the eyewitness accounts were uncorroborated. We'll get into detail about on that. And that's very likely how this all broke down for the Democrats. Especially Christine Blasey Ford's allegation that a drunken Kavanaugh tried raping her at 1982 high school gathering. Kavanaugh vehemently, vehemently denied all of those claims. And again, the eyewitnesses that Ford put forward, there were four of them, none of them could corroborate her story. Now today, just so you get an essence of the reaction from the Democrats, In the United States Senate, this is Senator Patty Murray. She's a Democrat from Washington. This is a quote from her. Republicans are saying your choices just don't matter. Senator Patty Murray, Democrat Washington, said Saturday, and uh, another quote from her. Your experiences, your trauma, your pain, your heartache, your anger, none of that matters, she said. Their message, she's referring to the Republicans, we don't have to listen, we don't have to care. Sit down and be quiet. You will hear from Susan Collins, a Republican senator from Maine, who was on the fence, who will tell you that just simply is not the case at all. That's just flat wrong. That's coming up a little bit later on here on Weekend Live. The phone number here is 916-921-1530. We're here on 1530 AM, 93.1 FM. You can also hear us on kfbk.com on the podcast if you click on that tab at the top of the page. If you missed anything or you'd like to hear the entire show again, you can go there and take a listen. Before we go to the break, I want to play one uh, quick sound clip. And we're going to go through a number of these that led us to this point today, where Brett Kavanaugh has now been confirmed and is sworn in as a United States Supreme Court Justice. And it's my estimation here that history will show that one of the very key moments, the key one of the key turning points in the Kavanaugh hearing was Senator Lindsey Graham's speech during the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. This is Graham on how Senator Dianne Feinstein from California withheld these allegations made by Professor Ford, and Feinstein held them for weeks. Here's Graham questioning Brett Kavanaugh. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. And he was just getting going. That was just the beginning. There is much more from Lindsey Graham that we're going to hear from him on the other side of the break. We're also going to hear from Senator Dianne Feinstein because after Graham got done speaking, she took the microphone because she probably had to. He forced her into a corner. 
and we'll hear her denial and why she said she held on to this information without bringing it public for weeks. We're also going to have a discussion about what are the political implications here. Who wins? Republicans? Democrats? Which base is more fired up now? We're getting some different readings from the polls on which party might do better and in which house, Congress or the Senate, and in which part of the country, California or the rest of the country. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This is KFBK. Give us a call. What do you think? We have a new Supreme Court justice. His name is Brett Kavanaugh. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. The case against Brett Kavanaugh fell apart when the accusations could not be proven. At the end of the day, there was no evidence. And at the end of the day, according to Republican Senator Susan Collins, a senator from Maine who is often a swing vote and was once again a swing vote in today's vote, said that's what matters in America. We do not assume that people are guilty. We assume that people are innocent until proven guilty. That those making the accusations, it is incumbent upon them to prove those allegations. So Collins said, Professor Christine Ford said that there were four witnesses who were there that night when she said that Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her in 1982 at a high school party. All four of them could not back up her story. All four could not corroborate. That was just one of the problems that Senator Susan Collins had. Made her very troubled, and there were others. And we're going to get to that a little bit later on here in this radio program. We're going to get to the phones in just a second. Linda from Monterey is there, but before we get to Linda, I want to play one more soundbite from Lindsey Graham. He called... This was during his speech during the Senate Judiciary Committee. And, and again, I'm, I'm playing this not because it's brand new, but because I really believe that this was a critical point. This may have been a turning point in saving the Kavanaugh nomination. He called the Kavanaugh hearings and the uncorroborated allegations against Brett Kavanaugh the most unethical sham that he has witnessed since he's been in politics. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. There's more from him. He was livid. We'll hear more from Lindsey Graham in a moment. A turning point, I believe, in the nomination hearings for Brett Kavanaugh. Okay, Linda from Monterey has been kind enough to hold on. Hi, Linda. How are you? And what are your thoughts about our new Supreme Court justice? Hello, Linda. Are you there? Okay, Linda, I believe, is not there. I don't know what happened, but somehow she... Oh, we do have her now? Okay. Okay, well, okay there you are, Linda. We apologize. How are you? What, right, what, well, are, what are your thoughts? Okay, well, I think every Democrat or everyone who voted to oppose um, the, the uh, nomination should have to go under uh, an FBI investigation because they're assuming he's guilty and... There's no evidence that he is. Yeah, but and, you don't. But you don't launch an investigation because somebody has questions about a nominee. Um, well, right, but they they um, they're going against our 
our democracy. Well, no, 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 Linda, they're not going against our democracy. They have a different view on our democracy, and they have a different political point of view. That doesn't make them the subject of a criminal investigation or an FBI investigation. Those are two separate issues. Okay, well, um, the fact that they um, are assuming someone's guilt, uh, that doesn't uh, show that they're not supporting the Constitution. And no, no, and no, that's not true either. I mean, they, they, have, they have a right to have a political point of view that differs maybe from yours, but that doesn't mean that they don't support the Constitution or that they should be subject to a criminal investigation. But I thought the Constitution said that we uh, are innocent until proven guilty. We are. And they're, and they're assuming that someone's guilty without <laughs> proving it. I don't disagree with you. And it's incumbent <laughs> upon them, based upon our Constitution, that they prove the accusations that they have leveled, which they did not. And what I'm saying is that's why Brett Kavanaugh is indeed a United States Supreme Court justice today, because the accusations were never proven. Right. Yeah. And to, to say he's too emotional to be a Supreme Court judge, I'd hate to have someone in our Supreme Court who um, has no feelings for his family and uh, for having been accused of such a thing. I think anyone would uh, feel badly about that, and I would think he would not be human if he didn't show some emotion. Linda, uh, I, th I, think you make a very, I think you make a very good point. Put yourself in the shoes of Brett Kavanaugh, and you have been accused, and he said this repeatedly, I did not do these things. I did not. And, and, right. and so far, the evidence and, and all the facts that have been dug up in this case indicate that he's right. And so if right. you've been wrongly accused and your family has been drugged through the mud, uh, how are you going to feel, and how are you going to react? Are you going to be a little bit angry? I mean, if he'd not been angry, wouldn't you be a little bit concerned? I would be suspicious. <laughs> I would be suspicious if he didn't have some emotion and feel angry, upset, and hurt, and try to defend his family. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, I've never seen anything quite like this hearing. Um, I don't think anybody has. As I said, it was a closer vote even than Clarence Thomas. Uh, I, I um, well, and I think Senator Feinstein... She should be investigated for things beyond this, like her husband's dealing in real estate and making profits because of her position. I think there's a lot of investigation that can be done there. And uh, Yeah, you know, those, those accusations and those charges have been around for some time. I doubt that they're going to be raised now, but I will tell you this. We are going to hear from Senator Feinstein, who had to speak out at this hearing, as to why it is she did not reveal this information until the very last second. She, it was the bottom of the ninth inning of this ball game, and all of a sudden she starts leveling these charges that she knew about for weeks. So we'll hear from her as well, and we'll also be having a discussion about whether or not there are going to be political implications for those involved. She's concerned about her own election. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be affected or, or not by this here in California. I mean, look, she... she, well, she, she no, she was a, she was an attack dog in the Senate, and Kamala Harris was also an attack dog in the Senate, and both of them are California senators. So you you do you do the math. Uh, the Democratic Party has viewed them as being very very safe because they are in California, but we'll see. Linda, thanks a lot for the phone call. Good to hear from you from Monterey on this Saturday evening. Phone number is nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty one eight hundred eight three four fifteen thirty. Let's try to squeeze in uh, one more uh, sound clip from uh, Lindsey Graham, the senator gave an impassioned speech at the Senate Judiciary Committee, and I believe, again, a turning point. What he said in these hearings that may very well have saved Brett Kavanaugh's nomination. He said, Graham did, 
The Democrats were not interested in the truth. I mean, he was brutal. He was really rigid with what he said. And he said that Christine Blasey Ford is also a victim here. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. And she's talking, or he's talking, I should say, almost directly to Senator Dianne Feinstein. On the uh, other side of the break in the next half hour, we're going to hear from Senator Feinstein and her response as to why she held on to this information. It was it was just it was a, just a fascinating exchange. Senator Lindsey Graham going toe to toe right after his Democratic counterparts in the United States Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. I remember I was in the studio at the time listening to this with members of the KFBK team. Kitty O'Neill was in here, and I was in here with John McGinnis at the time. And we all looked at each other at that moment and thought to ourselves. This really is one of those moments. I, you know, I, I don't know if you ever saw that Jimmy Stewart movie where he, he goes to Washington, he's the senator, the representative, and he gives this very impassioned speech about what America is. Now, I don't know if it's quite along those lines, but I have to say that for some reason my mind just harkened back to that movie and that scene where he talked about what he believes this whole institution, the United States Senate, is all about in representing not only the Constitution of the United States, but the people of the United States and getting at the truth. So more from Lindsey Graham on the other side, also from Senator Dianne Feinstein and and Senator, I should say, Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. This is 1530 AM, 93.1 FM. I'm Sam Shannon, Weekend Live. What do you think? We have a new Supreme Court justice. And what about this process that got this man into that position as the 114th Supreme Court justice? Has it hurt America? We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. Last night at Gold Club Centerfolds, that, my friends, is a strip club on the outskirts of Sacramento. Women packed the sold out venue to see none other than Stormy Daniels. Of course, these folks all aware of her celebrity stars, her bombshell allegations that she had an affair with President Donald Trump in 2006. That would be 12 years ago. Normally, women make up about 20% of the crowd at this strip club, said the club manager, but Stormy Daniels drew about half were women. There you have it. The latest on Stormy Daniels' career. Uh, Let's go to the phones right now and uh, talk to Roger. From uh, Rancho Cordova, I believe it is. Hi, Roger. How are you on this afternoon? Yeah, I'm doing real well. I just want to, first of all, let you know I'm in 100% agreement with Senator Graham. Secondary, I think the, you know, he's, you know, on point with everything he said. The thing that I am most disturbed about is the whole process that the American people, and when I could, I watched. Uh, but I could not believe, first of all, that. 
protesters, First Amendment or not, they should have never been allowed to disrupt that proceeding. Well, okay, Roger, hang on one second, though. When you shut down a public hearing or a public proceeding, that infringes upon people's First Amendment rights, no matter if you agree with them or not. They have as much right to be there as you do. And I agree with you. I agree that they have the right to be there. But they do not have the right to disrupt a process of government because because of what they feel. I mean, that's like... You know, I can get upset about a lot of things, but it doesn't give me the right to go into the grocery store because they're raising the prices. No, no, no. And what and what we saw were that they were removed. And again, today we saw in the Senate chambers as the vote was being taken that a number of them had to be removed, and Vice President Pence had to call for order and have them removed. I mean, it, look, that circus is going to go on over and over again. I and, I and I understand. The other thing is that the Democrats themselves, Diane Feinstein for withholding that information on the woman, uh, Mrs. Ford. Uh, additionally, um, you know, to, in any other legal proceeding or process, uh, you know, that would be a, a, a sanctionable offense. And I don't know that uh, the Senate will sanction her, but I believe she should be sanctioned. I also firmly believe that every one of those senators that treated uh, Mr. Kavanaugh, uh, now Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, uh, as he was some kind of street scum. I, I, I really, I struggle with that. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I, I can't believe they're allowed to do what they do to somebody. No, I, I think that this left just the just the way that people were treated, it just that in and of itself on its own left a very bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Uh, the 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 sense of decorum. And that which is right, for some reason, left the building. And um, I agree with you, Roger. I Look, I mean, there, these were some serious allegations. And it, it seems to me that some for some, some reason, I believe that Dr. Ford suffered s- some sort of an attack. And that's, that, that it was a very traumatic event to her. But the proof was never there that Brett Kavanaugh did that to her, ever. Never, never there. And people... In, in our government, uh, pressuring a her best friend to change her story. I mean, come on. This is, uh, this is where the government is no longer the government. This is where we are nothing more than a, than a horde of, of uh, thugs. I, it's, it's, not, it's undermining everything that our country and many of us in our country have served in all capacities, not just the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, people in, in, who have supported our government for years, uh, this is beyond. This is, this is beyond the pale in my mind. And I believe that the quote-unquote blue wave or red wave, the, this is activated at the red uh, right now, it may it may have, and I know that there's a lot of discussion, Roger, about uh, which wave we're going to see, which color, and you know it might depend on what part of the country you're in. We're going to get into that a little bit later, Roger. Listen, thanks a lot for the phone call, and I know you appreciate what Senator Graham had to say. So we're going to get into some some more of those uh, sound uh, sound bites and sound clips right now. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. The phone number here is nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty one eight hundred eight three four fifteen thirty. We're on 1530 AM, 93.1 FM. And if you uh, miss out on any part of it, you can go to our website, kfbk.com. You click on the podcast tab up at the top. You can catch uh, a portion or all of the show again if you want to listen. Uh, back to Senator Lindsey Graham and uh, what, the, what the previous caller, Roger, was just talking about. This is Senator Graham who said that 
he, in his estimation, believed that Brett Kavanaugh was destined not to get a fair hearing. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. You could hear his voice quivering. And the sense of lack of fairness for Brett Kavanaugh was so terribly disturbing for Lindsey Graham because he said he has never seen anything like it. Okay, final sound clip from, uh, from Graham. And then we're going to move on to Senator Feinstein and what she had to say in her defense for hanging on to this information for weeks. Senator Graham also said that this hearing will do damage to the country. And that was a question I asked before we went to the break. What do you think? Will it do damage to the country? He says it will. He says that good people will simply refuse to serve their country now rather than be put through what Brett Kavanaugh and his family have gone through. This is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. I've never heard something so forceful and on point and direct and passionate from anybody in the United States Senate in my career. And I've covered politics for 30 plus years. And that man was just clearly upset at what, what was going on in the United States Senate. The behavior. Let's get to Rick from Citrus Heights before we head to the break. Rick, it's uh, 543 on this Saturday. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. What do you think about our new United States Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh? I think it's a good thing. Yeah, why? I think that eventually, why? Well, it's because he's, from what they say, it's a constitutionalist, but also because the Democrats were not able to succeed in what they tried to do. And I hope that that continues into the midterm election. And I don't think uh, that Professor Ford probably wasn't ever attacked by anybody among our high school peers anyway. Well, you know, I mean, listen, and, and we'll hear from uh, Senator Susan Collins just a little bit later on in the program, and Susan Collins said that there was very compelling testimony, and she believes that uh, Dr. Ford is sincere. Uh, she, you know, she believed Dr. Ford, and, very, and, and, and Dr. Ford, I, I'll tell you what, as I listen to it as a person, you say, something happened to this woman. I mean, th- she is traumatized, and she's disturbed by these events. Now, it was the, 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 the bottom line here is, None of the evidence, none of this, there was no corroboration uh, among witnesses, and none of the evidence points to Brett Kavanaugh being that person. Do you ever know anybody back in high school who never got a date, never got hit on, but that would make up stories so it would appear as though she was desirable to somebody? So that, look, that may, that, that could be the case. And, and see, this is, this is the, this is the problem with so many of these stories is it comes down to he said, she said. And it, right. it's very difficult to, to get through the weeds and get to the truth. Somewhere out there, there somebody's telling the truth. Are we ever going to know that in this case? I don't think so. No, but my guts tell me. My guts tell me from what, um, 
what I've heard about, you know, everything that, you know, what they told, they said about all of his other background checks. Yeah, um, you, you know what? I believe it. Rick, your 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 sound your I'm sorry, your signal is coming in and out, but I, I appreciate the phone call and I, I I know where you're going with that and your gut is telling you that you believe Brett Kavanaugh. And on the other side of the coin, there are a large number of Americans who say their gut believes the story that Christine Blasey Ford told. So somewhere out there there is the truth, my friends. Uh listen, uh we do have to do a little bit of business. Uh, immediately on the other side. We get, I promise you, the, the clips from Senator Dianne Feinstein and why she said she hung on to this evidence for weeks before it became public knowledge in the ninth inning of this ballgame. Why did she wait so long, or why did it take so long for it to surface? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. I'm Sam Shane. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio KFBK. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You thought your gas taxes were going up? Guess what? Last year, the California legislature raised gasoline taxes by 12 cents a gallon. We all know that. Conservatives saw outrage. They launched an effort to repeal it at the ballot box, and now Proposition 6 comes up for a vote in November. So you could repeal that gas tax. However, now, with considerably less fanfare, as they say, the state's air pollution agency has now enacted a regulation it'll raise gas prices by as much as 36 cents a gallon by 2030. And diesel goes up 44 cents a gallon in new fees. Californians already pay an average of $3.73 a gallon for gas or 85 cents above the national average. That's what we're paying here. The projected increase is part of the latest effort by the California Air Resources Board to flight fight climate change. So now you know there will be more in the future. Uh, let's get to Bruce from Sacramento. He joins us here on Weekend Live on a Saturday evening. Hey, Bruce, how are you? What are your thoughts? Hello, Sam. Um, I think uh, our lack of uh, being able to teach the Constitution is really uh, dismally behind, especially the Declaration of Independence. And my point is is that if Brett Kavanaugh can undergo that uh, degree of character assassination, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, it itemizes all the character assassinations against the colonists. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's about. So, well, and, and and even on a, on I think a, a, a much simpler level, um, you know, the whole notion of innocent until proven guilty, the presumption of innocence is a, a basic fundamental component of the United States Constitution. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when people get into these little you know cat fights based on either popularity or anarchism or some other driving force, uh, they, they lose their bearing and right. their credibility that way. Yeah, yeah, and Senator Susan Collins said as much in her speech. She said, you know, we're headed down a very dangerous path here if you can just throw out accusations, level them against somebody like this, and, and, and not prove them. Then, then we're, we're in a real conundrum. Yeah, I was, I was in the Army for 12 years, so I know about character assassination sometimes. It does happen even within the ranks of the Honorable. Yeah. Bruce, thanks a lot. I do appreciate the phone call. Okay. Uh, let's pick up with uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein. So just after Lindsey Graham spoke at the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Dianne Feinstein asked for some time on the floor to respond because clearly Senator Graham was speaking directly to her, Senator Feinstein, who had been 
who had received a letter from Dr. Ford in late July and hung on to it for approximately 35 days and kept it quiet. And we're going to hear from her now. Senator Feinstein, during the hearing, denied that she actually hid Ford's accusations, even though Feinstein had the allegations for weeks before they came to light in the final hours of the nomination process. This is moments after Senator Lindsey Graham's remarks. Senator Feinstein asking for a chance to respond. Let me be clear. I did not hide Dr. Ford's allegations. I did not leak her story. She asked me to hold it confidential, and I kept it confidential as she asked. What do you think? Do you believe that? Do you believe her? 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We continue on with what Feinstein had to say at that hearing. She says that she kept that information confidential until Ford, actually, Dr. Ford decided to come forward. I was given some information by a woman who was very much afraid, who asked that it be held confidential. And I held it confidential until she decided that she would come forward. So Senator Feinstein says in this hearing that it was Dr. Ford's decision. Dr. Ford asked that this be kept confidential. Senator Feinstein then says not only did she honor that request, but it was Dr. Ford who made the decision to come forward. It might not exactly be quite like that. Turns out the information was leaked to someone at the New York Times, which leads us now to this next exchange between Feinstein and Republican Senator John Cornyn, who wanted to know how the confidential information was leaked to the press. Can you tell us that your staff did not leak it? Oh, I don't believe my staff would leak it. I have not asked that question directly, but do you, I do, do you, not believe do you know they that? would. I mean, how in the world could that get in the hands of the, of the press? The answer the is people- no. The staff have you have you asked did your, not. have you asked your staff or other I staff members of the judiciary committee? They, they, pardon me. Well, Jennifer well, reminds me I've asked her before about it. Well, somebody, and that's true. Well, somebody leaked it if it wasn't you. Well, it was. I'm telling you, it was not. I did not. I mean, I was asked to keep it confidential, and and I'm criticized for that too. Somebody leaked it. The New York Times had the story. They broke the story. Somebody leaked it. It was a letter sent from Dr. Ford to Senator Dianne Feinstein's office. There was one letter. Unless Dr. Ford went to the New York Times, which there's no indication that that took place. So there very well may be another investigation into how this information was leaked and when it was leaked. Do you believe what you just heard from Senator Feinstein? Does this have implications for her in the midterm elections? How does she come off in all of this? What's your read about the senator here from California? The phone number here is 916-921-1530, So we have a, a brand new United States Supreme Court justice named Brett Kavanaugh. He was approved today by the United States Senate. He was sworn in by Chief Justice John Roberts, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, after a grueling and divisive nomination process. When we come back, we're going to hear from Senator Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine. 
Again, this was another key turning point that got us to where we are this evening that may very well have put this nomination over the hump with her speech on Friday in front of the United States Senate where she talked about some very heavy, heady issues like the Constitution of the United States, the presumption of innocence until proven guilty, how it is so critical in our society and in our culture that evidence be brought forward and accusations not just stick. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We'll be back on the other side. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Brett Kavanaugh is now on the United States Supreme Court, sworn in today about 4 o'clock Eastern time after the Senate confirmed him earlier in this day. And it sets aside a chapter in American history that will no doubt go down as uh, extraordinarily divisive and contentious. We're going to hear from Senator Susan Collins momentarily, a Republican from Maine, a swing vote. She gave a dramatic speech Friday, yesterday, on the floor of the United States Senate, telling us why she voted yes for Brett Kavanaugh. And she cited a number of basic, fundamental constitutional issues. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're going to go to the phones right now. We've got a number of calls on hold, so let's get to them before we hear from Senator Susan Collins. Let's begin with Pamela in Sacramento. Pamela, uh, you're talking a little bit about Senator Dianne Feinstein. We just played the clips from her before we went to the break. What are your thoughts on uh, what, what happened there and what she said? Yes, yeah, thank you for this topic. Thank you so much. Um, first of all, Senator Graham's impassioned speech may resonate historically, but ideally it could result in bipartisan behavioral change. Mm -hmm. I, I do not align with Senator Feinstein, but I happen to believe that the leak was not within her office. Well, where, 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 but, Okay, but her office was the only one who had that letter from Dr. Ford, so who leaked it? Someone associated with Dr. Ford who had a separate agenda. So you think someone from Dr. Ford's camp leaked that? I do. At the ninth inning, why would they wait so long? Timing, yeah. switching it out. Speaking of ninth inning, you know, yeah. the, whatever that terminology is in baseball about the stretch. Yeah, so the ninth <laughs> inning is the last <laughs> inning. Is the last inning of the game. Why wait so late in the game? If this is so important, if this is such a critical issue, why sit on it for weeks? Whoever sat on it. I, I, if we all knew, then you wouldn't have a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela, very nice. A very astute comment. All right, thank, thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call, Pamela calling in. Uh, Matthew from Elk Grove calls in on this Saturday evening. It's uh, 6.09 right now. Hi, Matthew, how are you? How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. What are your thoughts? Uh, permission to speak freely. <laughs> well, I don't think this is the military, but yeah, go ahead. You know, I listen to Rush Limbaugh. I listen to you. I, I mean, you guys, I appreciate the freedom of speech. You know, okay, so I just want to lay it out. So check it out. It feels like there's a civil war going on, not the kind from 1863, 1864, 18, none of that. But you feel like the country's divided. Yeah, I mean, this is literally, isn't this how a civil war starts? And then second, I, I this is crazy. So I, I don't know, this is what I would do. So we got... Feinstein, you've got all these communists, they're communists, I'm not going to use socialist, communism, they're all the same. 
you got these communists that are in office. I don't care. We vote. You know, the people with people have the right to vote for these goons, and that's fine. They have well, yeah, but right you know, look, you but but remember, Matthew, you live in a state where uh, the, the the electorate uh, vote for people who lean to the left, and that's just a fact. That's recognized around the country. So wh- wh- whether whether they're communists or socialists in your eyes, uh, exactly. the, the, mo- most of the people in the state where you live uh, would prefer them. And and that and that's okay. We're in America. You have freedom to do, and, and that's the beautiful thing about the Constitution and our liberties and freedom. And I support all that. I support the power to choose. But the thing that's going on is people are breaking the law. Feinstein, she. Well, we yeah, but again, again, Matthew, we've got to be very careful about throwing around accusations without evidence. Okay, and that's this is what Susan yeah, Collins got to, and you can't say that Senator Dianne Feinstein is breaking the law. The question becomes, she had information that was very important in this case, and she sat on it for a number of weeks, and then for some reason it pops up in the New York Times. And the question becomes, how did that happen? That is a good point, Mm -hmm. I think. I'll reiterate, you know, maybe there should be an actual investigation. Trump should get rid of Mueller. Put something, somebody in charge you. Oh, no, no, no. I don't see that happening. No, Donald Trump wants this to be on the back burner. He's ready to move forward. He's got trade talks, and he's got a big election coming up in November. No, no, no. I agree. All right. (laughs) All right, Matthew. Yep, thanks very much. Appreciate the call from Elk Grove. Chris from Pleasanton gives us a call. Hi, Chris. How are you? Very good. How about yourself? I'm doing quite well. What do you think about what took place here today? Well, there was a question that I, I wish had been asked, you know, during the you know the hearings themselves. Uh, when the other senator was asking uh, Senator Feinstein, you know, why did you sit on this letter? Mm-hmm. Her response, her response was, well, uh, Doctor Ford wanted me to keep it confidential. Right, right. She said right. it was Doctor right. Ford who asked for that. Correct. Right, right. And so the question that that I thought should have been asked was, okay. Does that mean keeping it confidential means sitting on it? And for that matter, Dr. Ford, when she, cause she did say, I actually spoke to Dr. Ford. Right. And she confirmed she wanted me to keep it confidential. Right. And, and, so sen- and, sen- no, and, and you're getting to a point, Chris, that Senator Lindsey Graham, and I think it was Cornyn also brought this up. Just because it's kept confidential doesn't mean you don't bring it up to members of the committee behind closed doors. That happens quite often. And it still remains confidential. You see, right. and they, and they and they were and they were they let it go by as if you know keeping it confidential was the, the same as just sitting on. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they let it go by. I think what it kind of got brushed over in in Lindsey Graham's speech when he said, "You could have come to us if you wanted an FBI investigation. You could have come to us, but you didn't." Uh, and he painted it with a rather broad brush. But I think the point that he was making is exactly the point you are making. Well, what do you think would have happened if they turned around and went back to Dr. Ford and said, okay, when, when Senator Feinstein said, okay, you want me to keep it confidential, I will. Yeah. Now what do you want me to do? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I think there are a ton of hypotheticals that we could toss out about the line of questioning well, that took place. You know? yeah, that's, that's, that's a fundamental logic. That's, yeah. if, she wanted, if, if, if Dr. Ford wanted her to just sit on it to keep it confidential, mm-hmm. why send the letter in the first place? That's a great point. I, I Look, I... I Chris, I can't answer that question. If, 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 if I think what, what Ford was saying is this was so important to me that this needed to be brought to light with one of the senators who's sitting on the Senate Judiciary Committee so they can at least investigate it, but please keep my name out of it. 
At least right. that's the persona that we have heard from Dr. Ford. Right. But what, so. again, that's the question I wanted somebody to ask. Yeah. What, what, what did you want her to do? Because yeah. she would have either said, do nothing, and then somebody would say, well, I send it in the first place. Look, I think that, would have said. Yeah, I think you know, look, this, this whole hearing that took place, especially in the very later stages of the game, uh, is going to be looked at six ways to Sunday from now for many, many years. Historians are going to look back at this, this development and how it was handled. And lots of these well, hypotheticals are going to well, come up. One, one, one final point. Yes, sir. I disagree with your last comment that you think they're going to, that uh, President uh, Trump's going to let it go. Yeah, you will. I think for no, 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 politically. I, no, 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 I don't think they'll personally let it go. But I think politically okay. he's, he's, he's astute enough to know that, okay, I won. I won this game. My guy's on the court. Let's move on and, glo- and notch up some more victories. I think that's, well, that, that's where Trump goes now. Well, he's certainly not going to do anything before the midterm. No, 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 no. No, no, absolutely not. You're right. All right, Chris. Okay, I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it very much. Um, We are uh, up against the break. We've got another call that's on hold, but we've got got to ask them to hold over uh, through the break. And when we get back from the other side, we'll take the call, and we're going to get to Senator Susan Collins on the other side and hear from her as to why she decided to vote yes, the Republican senator from Maine who is a swing vote, why she decided to vote yes for Brett Kavanaugh. I'm Sam Shane. The phone number 916-921-1530-1800-834-1530. This is KFBK. We're back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Congresswoman Jackie Speer, a Democrat from Northern California, now on record saying that she believes, as a result of the Kavanaugh hearings, that the Democrats will pick up four congressional seats in California in November. She thinks it'll have a benefit for Democrats in California. And with that, we go to the phones right now, and we are joined by Charlie Schaup, who is a Republican running for Congress against John Garamendi. Charlie, how are you? How you doing, Sam? Well, Jackie Spear can think what Jackie Spear wants to think. I believe in the voters, and the voters are not fooled by any of this nonsense. So, do you? Do, so, Charlie, let me ask you this: Spear comes out and says Democrats pick up four seats in California as a result of the Kavanaugh hearings, and you think the Republicans will pick up seats? What 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 happens? In, what happens in California? What, I don't know what's going to happen. It's it's going to be close, but I'm sensing out there that people, you know. The political pundits say what political pundits will say, and I heard Jackie Spear on the radio talk about how horrible Kavanaugh was and how he came out such a such a mean, nasty person in the debate, and not the debate, but the, the uh, interviews for the Senate. And but I listened to it, and I didn't see that. So she's a spin doctor. She's trying to spin it to make it look like the Democrats are going to walk all over. So I have said, However, I said as recent, voters, but hold, Char- Charlie, Char- Charlie, hold on. I said as recently as last week on this show that I believe somehow. These Kavanaugh hearings, because they have been so polarizing in America, are going to manifest themselves in November in some way, shape, or form. I can't put my finger on it, and it may vary depending on where you live in America. But how do you it think? It, how does it, it play? How, how, how in your mind, despite what Spear says, how in your mind does this play out in November in California? Well, in internal polls right now, because John Cox is running internal polls, the internal poll has him only two and a half points behind Newsom now. That's an internal poll. Okay, an internal he, poll he, he, by he, John Cox says he, he's down by just two and a half points to, to Gavin Newsom? In, in internal polls, yeah. Of course, the TV polls all say it's five points, but it's a dead heat. It's a dead heat. The voters are, are awake. They've seen this nonsense. And I think they're going to be for in some shocks, 
uh, some chalk. The just just like Donald Trump, they said Donald Trump didn't have a chance. He was this and that and that. But when you speak the truth, the voters hear you, and when you the voters hear you, you know they're tired of the spin doctors. They're tired of the one side saying everything's going our way and all this stuff. It's up to the voters. It really is. All right, Charlie. Uh, listen, I know that you're in the middle of a campaign, and I appreciate you calling in, and uh, we'll see. But I, I find it very interesting. You made a little bit of news here today by letting us know that John Cox has inter- internal polls showing he's down to just two and a half points. Well, that's points. what I heard from the Northern Vice Chair the other night. Well, okay, and but at least... That's you, internal. You, but, well, you're, um, you're talking to the right people. Those are the folks who are inside. So Yeah. All right, Charlie, okay. thank you. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, if that's true... I mean, if that, that number is true, two and a half points, we got ourselves a horse race. We'll have to see how that all flushes out. We're going to see more public polling, by the way, on this race for governor, I assure you, over the next few weeks, because we're getting down to the nitty and the gritty. Okay, let's get to a Susan Collins, because I've been promising these sound clips, it seems like, for the last five weeks. <laughs> it's only been the last hour. but Okay, here we go. This is yesterday, Friday, Senator Susan Collins. She's a Republican from Maine. She is. Uh, a, she was a key vote today, okay? Uh, and this was, I believe, another very critical moment. The speech that she gave yesterday on the Senate floor had a lot of people talking. And this is when she announced that she would support Kavanaugh's nomination. In her speech before members of the U.S. Senate, she said that the Kavanaugh hearing had sunk to a dysfunctional political process. We have come to the conclusion of a confirmation process that has become so dysfunctional, it looks more like a caricature of a gutter-level political campaign than a solemn occasion. A gutter-level political campaign, rather than a justified, dignified Senate Judiciary Committee hearing for a man who was nominated to be United States Supreme Court Justice. Collins said we dipped to that level. Collins said that the Kavanaugh hearing is the lowest of the low when it comes to the nomination of any Supreme Court justice. Our Supreme Court confirmation process has been in steady decline for more than 30 years. One can only hope that the Kavanaugh nomination is where the process has finally hit rock bottom. Do you think it has? Have we hit rock bottom? Or could it go lower than this in the United States Congress than what we have witnessed over the last two weeks? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. In explaining her yes vote for Kavanaugh, Collins, in her speech on Friday, cited the basic constitutional principle that in America, there's a standard that we are all innocent until proven guilty. It is not enough, she said, to simply make an allegation that the accuser must prove it with facts and evidence. Certain fundamental legal principles about due process, the presumption of innocence and fairness do bear on my thinking, and I cannot abandon them. 
In evaluating any given claim of misconduct, we will be ill-served in the long run if we abandon the presumption of innocence and fairness, tempting though it may be. We must always remember that it is when passions are most inflamed that fairness is most in jeopardy. Her most powerful line of the entire speech, without question. I'll repeat that. It is when passions are most inflamed that fairness is most in jeopardy. What do you think about what she said? 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. She was afraid we were going off the rails. She was afraid that passion and emotion had overtaken our process. And that fairness was in jeopardy. We were thinking with our hearts and not with our minds. I simplified that. I'm paraphrasing. She also said later in her speech, which we will hear on the other side of the break, she believed that what Dr. Ford said was sincere, that her testimony was compelling. And you'll hear Collins talk more about that. And many of us who heard Christine Blasey Ford got the sense sincerely that this woman had gone through something very traumatic in her life, and it has impacted her to this day. And it may have happened 36 years ago, and it may have happened more recently. But never, not once, did any one of her witnesses come forward. She named four people to corroborate, to back up her story. Not one of them. In fact, all four said they don't even recall the party. Collins went on to say that what else was disturbing here was that Ford said that she got a ride home, but she doesn't know who took her home, and no one has come forward. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. More from Susan Collins. And what does this mean for the election coming up in November? We'll hear from Newt Gingrich on the other side. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. Well, they talked about this speech in uh, Washington, D.C. pretty much all weekend. They've been talking about it since yesterday. Senator Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine, who voted yes today in the confirmation hearing for Brett Kavanaugh, who tonight is a justice on the United States Supreme Court. By a margin of 50 to 48, he passed the United States Senate, was sworn in by Justice Roberts today. And with that, we go to the phones. Dan from Sacramento calls in with what Senator Collins had to say in her speech on Friday. Hi, Dan. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm well. What'd you think? Well, you know, it's that speech was a turning point. Uh, me and my wife have been, uh, the line's been drawn where I've been a Kavanaugh supporter and she's been, um, you know, a Ford supporter. And it was just, you know, it's what you're exposed to and what you watch. And her speech literally put perspective back into things. You take the emotion out, you take the circus and everything that's going out, you focus on, on the facts. And this country is based on innocent 
until proven guilty. Right. And we almost got away from that. And right. for her, her speech, she literally dissected everything. She took it at a pace where there wasn't emotion involved. There was passion, but there wasn't, a, a, you know, a side that she was taking. It was like, this is, it was thorough. It was informative. And my wife looked up and she's like, after that speech, she goes, I feel like I kind of got played. Oh. <laughs> and I said, you've been played because there's a circus going on. Right. And we're all getting pulled in all these directions. We got, look, Dan, we got, we got, so many of us got swept up in the emotion. And you're exactly right. right about what Susan Collins said. She brought it back to the facts and the fundamentals of the Constitution of what we believe in in this country. And she also, I thought there was this tone, Dan, where she, she was suggesting to all of us, we almost fell off the rails here. We got that close to really losing this thing. Uh, and yeah. when I say losing this thing, I don't mean Kavanaugh losing. I mean losing control of, of the system. So, right. Dan, great. And I think there's more fair-minded people that are honest, hardworking, that see this and see how the media blows things out of proportion where it's like, I'm not big into politics. Right. And this drawn me in more to where I'm just looking at it, I'm like, really? Well, I mean, look, this if this, if this, look, if, if this, if, if this whole scenario gets you and others more engaged, then maybe it's an okay thing. Uh, who knows? Maybe. All right. Maybe, but I'm I'm definitely more involved, and, and I'm looking up more, and I'm getting more into it. So maybe this needed to happen for that. But okay. I'm glad we didn't go and be a Venezuela or another country oh. that's <laughs> ass back. Sorry. No, ass yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's you know okay. I mean? No, it's, we don't need to go there. Oh, that's yeah. a mess. Okay, Dan, thanks. Appreciate the call. I uh, want to get to a few more uh, sound bites from Collins. Senator Susan Collins found particularly disturbing the unproven and unsubstantiated allegation that Brett Kav Kavanaugh drugged girls so they could be gang raped. But of the allegation that when he was a teenager, Judge Kavanaugh drugged multiple girls and used their weakened state to facilitate gang rape. This outlandish allegation was put forth without any credible supporting evidence and simply parroted public statements of others. That such an allegation can find its way into the Supreme Court confirmation process is a stark reminder about why the presumption of innocence is so ingrained in our American consciousness. If nothing else, we are reminded from this entire event, when I say this entire event, I'm talking about the Kavanaugh hearing, that we have become a country for some reason over the past couple of years, or maybe even longer, of accepting accusations and allegations without verification, without doing our homework, without sitting down and saying, okay, what you just said and what you just alleged, yes, that is extraordinarily disturbing. Did it happen? And did the people you say did it, do it? Let's do our homework. Let's use our minds. And let's not, not, let's not jump to conclusions. Maybe that's the lesson that we at least learn from these hearings or maybe from a senator from Maine named Susan Collins. Last clip from Collins. She says she found the testimony of Christine Blasey Ford to be compelling. But Collins said that the facts show that none of the witnesses identified by Ford could back up Ford's story. I found her testimony 
to be sincere, painful, and compelling. I believe that she is a survivor of a sexual assault and that this trauma has upended her life. Nevertheless, the four witnesses she named could not corroborate any of the events of that evening gathering where she says the assault occurred. None of the individuals Professor Ford says were at the party has any recollection at all of that night. She went on to say that Ford said in her testimony that she knows that for some reason she was given a ride home from that party, did not say goodbye, left abruptly, but that Ford couldn't tell her who drove her home, and no one has come forward saying, yeah, I was the one who drove her home. Too many holes. Not enough corroboration. Well, in fact, none. Among the four witnesses that Ford said was there. And that, for Susan Collins, was enough. The accusation must be backed up. Innocent until proven guilty. Where's the proof? And for Collins, it wasn't there. And she was a key swing vote. And she voted yes today. We're going to switch gears here before we go to the break and talk about the political implications of this. We just heard from Charlie Shope. He's a, rep he's a Republican. He's running for Congress against John Garamendi, a very popular Democrat congressman from Northern California. Jackie Spear, a congresswoman, also a Democrat from Northern California, has gone on record and said she believes that California will pick up four congressional seats as a result of the Kavanaugh hearing. Schaub disputes that. But there are, there's a lot of polling that's starting to come out in the wake of the Kavanaugh hearing, and I'm sure this week we'll see more of it as a result of Brett Kavanaugh becoming the latest U.S. Supreme Court justice, showing which way this will go, red wave, blue wave. Which party was ignited here, was excited here, is going to be motivated in November as a result of what happened in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room and the vote that took place today? With that, let's get to Newt Gingrich before we go to the break. This week with some bold predictions of how the Kavanaugh hearing will affect the midterm elections. He's the former Speaker of the House. He understands politics very well. He's a Republican, Newt Gingrich, telling Fox News this week, this is his prediction of how this political climate, the entire climate here, not just the hearing, along with the Kavanaugh hearing, and much more, how all of this together in conjunction with each other will play out in November. We're in a moment, this election this fall is about two Americas. It's about an America that thinks bullying you in a restaurant, bullying you in an elevator, harassing you, destroying you, smearing you, shaming you in front of your children is fine because they're morally pure. How about what he said there? Is there this uh, behavior that's taking place? Because there are those on one wing of, of the party of, who are, they're, they're so disturbed that they, they, they go into restaurants and they, they disrupt people's lives. And what Gingrich is saying here is that it's going to have an impact. All of this together will have an impact. Phone number is 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. 
red wave, blue wave. Which party does better as a result of all of this in the midterm elections? Because the polling is all over the map. And we'll also hear from Gingrich. He has a very bold prediction about November that he will share with us on the other side. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. So now the handicapping begins. What happens in November? It will be one of the leading stories in this country from now until the midterms. The polls are all over the place. I want to tell you more about this internal polling we have just learned about from the Republican Party in the race for governor, which is pretty amazing. Get to that in a minute. More on Newt Gingrich right now before we get to the phones. So Newt Gingrich, former Republican House Speaker, still a Republican, he's making a very bold prediction about the upcoming midterms. And in this prediction, listen to how he cites, as an example, California Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom of why he, Gingrich, believes the November elections in this entire country could be bad for liberals. I think election night this year Mm -hmm. will be worse for liberals than 2016. I think they're a state of shock. This is the Democratic Party now, for for example, Gavin Newsom, the candidate for governor of California, wants to have government-run health care to pay for health care for illegal immigrants. Ten million. He said that to Fox. And he cited Gavin Newsom as an example of why he believes that 2016, that, that, that the election will be bad for liberals throughout America and that it could be worse than 2016. Before we get to the, the phones, here's some interesting new information that we just learned here on Weekend Live. There is now internal polling by the Republicans in California that indicate that John Cox is trailing Gavin Newsom by just two and a half points. Two and a half points. I mean, if that internal polling is right, this is going to be one heck of a race. I think there was a public poll out not too long ago that had Gavin Newsom up by 20 points at least. I, I mean, I, it's, it's hard for us to even you know validate that. We're just getting word that this is internal polling, and there's a ton of that being done, and we're going to hear a lot more public polling coming out on the governor's race very, very soon. It might be heating up out there. D from Concord joins us on the phone. Hi, D. How are you on this evening? I'm doing great, Sam. I'm really enjoying your show tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. What are your thoughts? Well, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of screaming and yelling on the left about women who have been abused, and they need to be believed. But they need to be giving some constructive information, like if you have been abused, you need to tell somebody. Don't wait 30 years and bring this up. You need to tell someone right away. You need to go get, go to the police, get a rape kit, you know, find out um, so that you can, you can prove your point and you can have justice done. Right. And, and, and there's a real danger here when you, when you lump everybody together and you suggest that because someone doesn't necessarily believe a story, that some of the facts don't add up in a single story, that, 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 that you're also assuming that that person wasn't somehow violated or is a victim. I mean, those are two separate issues. Right, but if, if you want to make a claim, it doesn't do any good for you to make any claim of anything, no matter if it really happened to you or not, mm-hmm. if there is no evidence. And that was your problem with Dr. Ford, is that she waited so long for to, to bring this to light. Well, no, that she had no evidence at all. 
Yeah. There was no evidence. Right. And she, it's hard to say whether anything ever really did happen to her. She could have dreamed it. Right. You know, we just don't know because there's no evidence. No, she did. And I will say this, Dee. She seemed very troubled. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she, it appeared as though she was going through a, a lot of trauma. Um, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, and that's what Susan Collins said. Look, uh, I believe she's sincere. She gave a compelling testimony. But, um, you know, the, the four witnesses, none of them could corroborate. None of them could back it up. And, 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 and to your point, Dee, um, you know, the, the, the evidence wasn't there. So. But they need to be telling victims something constructive on how to really how to be heard yes and not just to make wild that's a claims very good point that could that it, could be very con- a constructive outcome for this whole mess yes if we could if we could tell uh people at a very young age you know when they're young teenagers look if something like this happens to you you know let's as, as they say let's turn this into a teaching moment maybe maybe this is a way to go yes oh d great point oh thank you very much for the call appreciate it uh michael from pollock pines joins us now on a saturday evening as the sun sets in california hi michael uh, hi, Sam. You know, what we're seeing today is the manifestation of something that's been going on for a long time. Uh, I mean, this is rules for radicals. Sal Alinsky, Newt Gingrich talks about that all the time. Uh, this is straight up Marxism tactics. And it's been going on ever since Khrushchev banged his shoe on the table during the infamous kitchen table talks. Okay, so Michael, I'm going to ask you, for folks who aren't familiar with all of these political figures and these dynamics, to boil it down into what is the tactic that's being used here, in your estimation? In other words, the whole thing is if you tell some people something outrageous long enough, they'll eventually believe it. And when Newt, in, in 2005, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Bill Woods that testified before the House Ways and Means Committee. And it was on a community in disarray. Mm-hmm. And he gives the entire history. I mean, it is a brilliant, well-fact-checked uh, testimony that he gave. Could you, could you, House Way- can you capsulize for us what he said? And basically, he goes through the history of Gramsci, uh, but, you know, which was a Marxist, mm-hmm. um, uh, Khrushchev, and what they saw because of what happened at their own society, that if they could import that to the United States, oh, they could get us to implode within. So you you're they, saying so you're saying back in 2006 that there was testimony before the United States Congress that warned America that this tactic would be used to essentially destroy America from within. Not only yes, not only was it going to be used, it has been. This has been a very slow march going on. There there they uh, these people that believe this stuff. I'm not going to Oh, Michael, we just yeah, lost you. Whoa, we're we're losing your signal, hello? Michael. Yeah, we're just hello? yeah, we got you back. Go, you have to be very quick. We're almost done. I mean, this goes all the way back into the fifties, and you know the the idea of Russian meddling or communist countries meddling has been going on forever. Well, Michael, listen, I've said this many times on my show and other shows where i filled in. The fact of the matter is is that nations all over the world have been spying and influencing cultures and societies 
forever, for as long as we've been around. So that is not a new phenomenon whatsoever. Uh, but your your points are well taken. Thanks very much for the phone call, from Michael from uh, Pollock Pines. His a signal has been uh, dipping in and out. So the question becomes, how does this manifest itself going forward? And I assure you that we will be talking more about that uh, in the weeks to come. But again, uh, the, the, the number that we received here tonight was pretty interesting to me about the internal polling showing that John Cox is just two and a half points behind Gavin Newsom in some internal Republican polling. And uh, maybe we can flush that out in the next week or so, get some more details on that. I'm Sam Shane. This is uh, Weekend Live. Thanks for joining us here on KFBK. Uh, we do appreciate it. Have a great week. And as they say, we'll talk with you later.